0: so appropriate. It was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. I want to share with you first the scripture from Isaiah. Isaiah 53 verses, I'm not sure which verses I put down, 2 through 5 I believe, yep. This is a scripture that was early on linked to who Jesus was. The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant, and a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. They looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurement, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his failures. But it was our sins that did that to him that ripped and tore and crushed him our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. There are countless songs about love. And usually they're about either I've been done wrong or isn't it wonderful? And it's usually romantic love, isn't it, that we hear, that we can recall back in the day or currently. My brother gave me a CD of the Beatles' top hits, and one of them was, you can't buy me love, I'm not going to belt it out for you, but the refrain goes, can't buy me love, everybody tells me so, can't buy me love, no, 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 rarely do we talk about the cost of love, because love is, in reality, free isn't it? You can give it, you can receive it, but we don't think about the cost of it. The cost is usually in terms of compromise, when you live with another person, when you have to share the bathroom, where you have to learn to share your toys. Some of our first fights, maybe not in your household, but with two brothers was, what game are we going to play? Who gets excluded? You know, two against one. Um, Who's going to play this game first, and when do we get to play my game? So the first little sacrifices are about taking turns and sharing. It takes years to learn that one. The cost of love is measured in tiny snippets at first. But then we see the cost in families when someone's sick and we sit hour upon hour making sure that they get to the bathroom one time and washing the sheets. I can remember with my son, he had an upset stomach and he couldn't go to sleep. So we had recorded Mr. Rogers in Sesame Street and it seemed like I sat in that chair with him hours. Of course, it happens at two in the morning, you know, when you have to get up and take care. But we do that because we love. And we want our children to be safe. We want our family to be safe. If you love a person we listen to them, whether it's the chattering child, I tell you, my grandsons fight for the floor in terms of who gets listened to. It's kind of like, no, it's his turn right now. No, okay, you've had your say. They're both just wanting to tell so much about the world. And we listen. And we listen to those whose lives have been shipwrecked. And there's no relief in sight. We do that out of love. Love sets limits. Love disciplines. Love rejoices. Love suffers. God sets limits. God disciplines. God rejoices. God suffers. We see that during the events of Holy Week. Jesus is the fullest revelation of God, and God limits God's self and chooses suffering over dominance, chooses the way of the cross over military might chooses to stand up to the money changers in the temple and forgives his enemies. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever had to forgive something. Is it easy? It's really not. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's a certain kind of inner turmoil about letting go getting back at somebody, letting go of the wrong, letting go of the little tape in your head that goes round and round about who said what to Nelly and why they were wrong. Am I the only one who does that? No. There's a certain kind of suffering in forgiveness and in a sense to take on the cost of the hurt and to let the other person go. In Les Miserables, there is a priest who apparently in the book, I haven't read it for, I haven't read it, I don't think, but apparently he's the first part of the show, um, and the first part of the book. And I'd like to show, or I'd like Chris uh, Curtis to show this clip for us. technical difficulties.
1: anybody there? really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madam, you know, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you. And don't forget. Don't ever forget.
0: This clip we see a dramatic form of love, of Christian love, of the person who not only does not hit back and does not demand the property back, but gives what is the only thing he has left of the family silver to a man. He had been in prison for a long time for stealing a loaf of bread. And it is this act of forgiveness that changes Jean-Feljean. The forgiveness precedes him saying he was sorry or paying for his crime. It liberates him. It redeems him to have a new life. It's one of the things we believe happens in Jesus Christ on Good Friday. That in the face of forgiveness, of Jesus' forgiveness, then we are liberated to become new people. We are liberated because Jesus takes that costly guilt upon himself as does the priest, and frees us to become new people. That's hard for us to comprehend, especially when all of our lives we're told to go make up and to make restitution, and when we're punished for what we do wrong, and forgiveness may be in short supply. But that's how God works, In Florida, in 2002, Eric Smallwood, was Small Ridge, was driving drunk, and he hit a car with two 20-year-old women in him, and he killed both of them. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison, and one of the young women's mother, Renee Napier, said at the time that at least this was a measure of justice, that she is a Christian. And after a time, she began to think about forgiving him because that's what Jesus taught. And so she wrote him a letter telling Eric that she forgave him for the death of her daughter. And Eric said it was like a, a huge weight that was taken off his chest because every day he relived the incident and he wished that it had been him. But her forgiveness opened the door for him to, for the first time to say he was sorry. Forgiveness preceded the apology, the seeking to do better. There was no way he could make it better. He couldn't take back his sin. But he began a journey of forgiveness with Rene. And after eight years in prison, remarkably... The prison allowed him to go out for a few hours and to meet on stage with Renee to talk to high school students and college students about the dangers of drinking and driving and about forgiveness. And they began a program together of witness to thousands of young people The forgiveness that Renee gave to Eric freed him to somehow begin to be sorry and to seek to prevent his sorts of actions happening to other people. Jesus on the cross does that for us. He takes the guilt and the pain and he holds it to himself. Our pain, our guilt. And from the cross he says to his enemies, Forgive them. They know not what they do. Amen.